0: You are listening to the mm-hmm. Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast with John Pemba and Andrew Cooper. What's going on, FA Nation? John and Pemba here with Andrew Cooper, bringing you the Fantasy Alarm NFL Fantasy. I'm going to stop this over because I almost said James Grande first. Too for many basketball sure. podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, one. What's going on, FA Nation? John and Pemba here with Andrew Cooper. This is the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast, taking you here for week 17. Of the NFL season, Coop, is championship week in fantasy football. I have a team in the finals. I made two teams in the semifinals. One team made it all the way uh, to the finals. How are your leagues looking? Did you get any are you contending this year at any teams?
1: It would be damn near impossible for me not be in some championships. I think I got too many leagues. It's, it's really a situation here. So I'm in a few. The big thing that I'm in is the championship for the Baby Bowl that Rob Norton does. It's a charity league, like 80 plus people. And you start a team of seven guys every week. And once you use a guy, you can't use him again. I'm in first place in that and just have to outscore. I can't be outscored by 80. So looking pretty good in that. And then I got a couple of regular leagues where I'm in. So feeling pretty good about it. Just another week in the grind, my man.
0: Week in the grind indeed. And we're here to break down these week 17 matchups for you. Go over to the injury list. Go over the COVID list. Go over the plays that we think you should be looking to target as we go over these matchups here. Breakdowns on the point spreads and game totals for everybody to uh, hopefully get an edge, get an advantage. As we talked about right before we went on air here, Koopa, no Thursday game, no Saturday game this week. So uh, full on Monday, full on Sunday, Monday slate for everybody. So a few extra days before games kick free to listen to this and hopefully get some more information. Hopefully stay healthy through the rest of the process here. Let's just jump into it. We'll start off first game on the slate. Jacksonville Jaguars go into New England, face the Patriots. Uh, they do not have obviously James Robinson. I saw that Carlos Hyde may... Also being active or isn't active already for the after the injuries that they've suffered in previous weeks, new England coming off two straight losses, a uh, tough loss at home last week against Buffalo. Didn't really have much going outside of the running game. there with Damian Harris, but they are 15 and a half point favorites, a 41 and a half game total. And Cooper, that feels a little high for new England offense, 15 and a half points. I don't know how you feel about it. It's
1: way too high. I mean, it really should. Like, I think that if they were to say, 14 or under then that would be reasonable but i mean you're talking that the patriots are going to be up by two scores and score again i mean that's those half points in gambling are worth so much more than than a lot of the other ones like like when you draw the line at three seven ten yeah. like when you throw the half points on there it changes everything and the hook so, is big
0: it's the right hook. the hook
1: yeah so once you go above 14 you're talking like this they're expecting this to be an absolute stomping and the over under is only 41. So, I mean, they're predicting the Jaguars to do zip, right? Yeah, so
0: basically not score the football, so. Yeah,
1: so it's crazy. I mean, the Jaguars do have a ton of guys on COVID right now. I mean, just on just on Monday and Tuesday, they had, it looks like, over 10 guys. Names like Clavin Chasen, Chris Mannert, Andrew Norwell, Miles Jack. Like, they got a number of guys. LaVisca Chenault's still out. Ja- Josh Allen's still out. I mean, the Patriots have a handful of guys, but nothing like what the Jaguars are dealing with. Now, we do know that there's a change to the COVID protocol that is going to potentially allow a lot more vaccinated players to play and potentially some unvaccinated players. So I'm not sure how much that fits into the mix, but I, I have to feel like there's no way that it would be 15 and a half, I think, without those. I mean, I don't know, John, what do you think?
0: No, I agree with you. I mean, I, I mean, there's also just, we know Jacksonville's not very good. This is just definitely getting a lot of love of them being, of them missing, you know, probably their best offensive player. Uh, and James Robinson and then the, the perception that New England's defense is very good uh in their running game is, is actually very good as well so I think that's where a lot of that comes into play you mentioned the Jacksonville side do you like any of these guys we talk all the time you know Patriots really good against tight ends probably can't go O'Shaughnessy. Marvin Jones looked decent last week uh, Tavon Austin stepped up actually a little bit in the LaVisca Chenault role and Treadwell I think came through with another like nine or ten fantasy points on the Jacksonville side
1: yeah I mean as as our own Tara pointed out uh Sorry, Laquan Treadwell has been consistently getting nine or ten fantasy points pretty much every week. It's just – this is just not a good matchup really for anybody. O'Shaughnessy is the guy that I – out of all of them that I have liked, but the Patriots are just killer for tight ends. I mean, Dawson Knox didn't register a reception in the first half, and in the third quarter he had one called back, but that didn't count. So in reality, he didn't actually get a catch until the fourth quarter, and that's Dawson Knox. Like, if a guy like James O'Shaughnessy, they shouldn't be able to just crush him. Not to mention O'Shaughnessy didn't even play the full snap share. For some reason, they used Jacob Hollister a ton. So I'm not really interested in any one of these players in my championship. Take a Do a DFS dart throw if you want, but I'm not starting any of the Jaguars. Now, on the Patriots side, the guy that I'm definitely interested in, that I've been stashing for a while for this matchup specifically, or basically I was stashing him to do Colts, start somebody else, and then use him as Hunter Henry, right? He's a guy that splits out wide. He ran the second most routes last week behind only Jacoby Myers. And this is a defense you could definitely score on, especially as a tight end. So Hunter Henry, I like. And then with the running backs, what do you think, John? I mean, are you going with any? I'm not going with Brandon Bolden because it's, you know, the game script doesn't say they're going to pass. Do you like Mondre? Do you like Damian Harris? What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, it's Harris for me. I think yeah. it's Damian Harris. Uh, he looked healthy, obviously. Three touchdowns, 100 yards. I'm uh, going to be the, the workhorse war here. So I'm going to go ahead and... Uh... And go that route. Can't really trust the receivers, even though it is a good matchup for them. Because uh, yeah. I just don't know if Mac Jones is there yet. I mean, I know he's not there yet as a passer. And I think it's going to take uh, them moving down the field, and then maybe he gets a touchdown to a Hunter Henry or something like that when they're in the red zone. But again, they just haven't been able to move the ball enough throwing it for me to have any faith and uh, trust any of these receivers.
1: Agreed. Yeah, can't do it. I mean, Jacoby Myers, he just he doesn't score. So he's just a low- he's-
0: and then had like he three taken away, but
1: like... Uh, Hunter Henry, he got against the Colts the last time they could actually throw the ball. He had three end zone targets. Caught two of them for touchdowns. One of them was intercepted by Darius Leonard. But I mean, it's clear that they like him in that area. That's why for me, he's the guy that, you know, I'm banking on to score the touchdown, which Vegas says they're going to score. So.
0: Yep, uh, I agree with you there. All right, let's go to the next matchup here. We have Philadelphia versus Washington Eagles coming to this game. Potentially, we know no Miles Sanders. Jordan Howard is questionable. So it could be uh, just Boston Scott in their backfield. We just saw this matchup a couple weeks prior. Dallas Goddard lit up Washington. Jalen Hurts had a big game there. Sanders actually had a huge game against them as well. I think a lot of good things are going to be coming for this Eagles team. And on the flip side, you, know, you, you got Gibson dealing with turf toe. You have Ron Rivera saying that he may use two quarterbacks in this game. Like, I going to start, but Allen may get some looks. Like, I don't know why teams are now all of a sudden using two quarterbacks in the game. McLaurin has been non-existent lately, can't really go there. But this is that tight end matchup. So I got to ask you, are you leaning more Ricky Seals-Jones, are you leaning more John Bates in this matchup?
1: I'm, I talked about this last night on Alarm After Hours with Adam Ronis and uh, Justin Fensterman, and I am leaning away from both of them. To be honest, it's supposed to be a good matchup for the tight end, but Bates played more snaps but he's not a very good pass catcher. And then Ricky Seals-Jones played very few snaps, ran under 20 routes when they were throwing the ball a ton versus the Cowboys. Basically, what this ends up looking like is a team like the, not necessarily the Texans, because even Brevin Jordan runs a ton of routes. It looks more like the Titans, where Jeff Swaim is John Bates playing a ton of snaps, but they're block-heavy snaps. They're not really appealing snaps. And then Ricky Seals-Jones is like Anthony Ferkser, where he runs like 15, 20 routes. If I have to start one of them back against the wall, I'm going Ricky Seals-Jones, because even though the week before this, he didn't run a ton of routes, he got seven targets. But you're taking your life in your hands here, and I just think there's too many uh, guys out there which we'll talk about moving forward. So I think there's just too many good options to be getting too cute with playing the guessing game on these two tight ends on a team that says they're going to use multiple quarterbacks, which is insane. (laughs)
0: right so on this game then we're really just looking on the philadelphia side do you like either of the running backs whether it be howard or scott obviously if scott's the only guy like are you interested in starting him this week if he is available on your waiver wire if you had an antonio gibson or you had some other fringe running backs this week would you play boston scott over i don't know give me a give me a name here real quick uh would you play boston scott over daryl williams this week i mean
1: yeah daryl williams got a banged up knee right and he's I mean, I don't think I can trust Darrell Williams the way Sona Michelle's been playing. So I think. No,
0: no, Darrell Williams of the. Uh, Daryl
1: Williams
0: I guess the
1: so. with CHO. I think I would start Darrell Williams because okay. this team has shown a history of wanting to use multiple backs. I don't think they go away from that just because. Some of the ones they've been using are hurt. I mean, Kenneth Gamewell is still healthy, is he not? I, I could see them going Boston Scott and Kenneth Game or some sort of mix like that. I don't think they're just going to use one guy for the entire game. If they were going to do that, they should have done that with Miles Sanders. You know what I mean? I Boston Scott is a guy that if you're back back's against the ropes, get him in there. But, you know, it's always tough when you're starting somebody that you don't believe in the talent. I would start Boston Scott. Cause Donta Foreman now is splitting with, with Latavius Murray and you know, the Eagles line no, is not, good.
0: Not Freeman Foreman, Devonta Foreman.
1: <laughs> that's two now that's two. So definitely not over Donta Freeman. And I definitely wouldn't start him. Oh, I wouldn't start Devonta Freeman and I wouldn't start Donta Foreman over him. I would start Boston Scott over both those guys. Okay. Just cause those guys are in clear splits. If Jordan Howard's out, I mean it's at least a, only a two person split like with Donta Foreman. Jeremy McNichols led the team in snaps and Dontrell Hilliard also got five carries and a bunch of pass
0: plays. Right. So he you got know, bailed I, out with a touchdown last week. Did format yeah, against any exactly. matchup. Oh, right, yeah. So I was just seeing how we were going there. Devonta Smith had a huge game last week. Do we, do we like going back into that matchup?
1: For sure. I mean, he leads the team in snaps every single week. Quez Watkins is next, who I'm not interested in. And after him, it's Jalen Rager, who's like way behind. So Smith is the only one. I'm starting Smith, and I'm starting Dallas Goddard, and I'm not starting any of those other pass catchers.
0: All right. I agree with you, there. Let's move on. Next matchup, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Against, uh, still waiting on the Mike Evans news, I do believe. I uh, saw Rashard Perriman did get activated. Antonio Brown comes back after a suspension, 10 catches. 15 targets, 100 yards. Ronald Jones, not great, but did score. we had Keyshawn Vaughn have a 55-yard touchdown run. This is Tampa Bay, though. This is the New York Jets. Tom Brady, you know, historically has eaten this team apart. What are are your thoughts here? Jets are 13-point home underdogs, 45-and-a-half game total here. We could get Elijah Moore back this week for New York, so that's something interesting there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm probably not starting anybody from the Jets, to be honest with you. I mean, if you're in a league where... You've been just crushed and you got to get michael carter in there i think he's probably the most trustworthy and then i mean if it's a super deep league braxton barrios is the most appealing right of that group assuming that Corey davis and james crowder are, are out again but they they really are doing live tryouts there mims cole these guys, DJ Montgomery, all these guys that no one really knows, Jeff Smith. So they're mixing and matching way too much. You can't trust the tight end Tyler Croft, never could. So for me, it's Michael Carter. That's about it. On the Buck side, though, I mean, Antonio Brown, We've you and I have talked about this the whole time. The guy's never not been good, right? Like when he plays, he's good. He played one game against the Patriots. He scored a touchdown. He came back last year, scored a bunch of touchdowns at the end of the season through the playoffs. This year when he was healthy, very good. You know what I mean? Then last week he was good. So I'm starting him and I'm starting Gronk. Gronk Tom Brady and Gronk versus the Jets is a tale as old as time. Don't get too cute with that kick Gronk in your lineups.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that one as well here. Uh, let's go over to the next matchup. Now we got Miami versus Tennessee Titans are giving three and a half here, a game total of 40 who Jones is not available. AJ Brown had a monster week. We talked about the running Miami on the flip side. they kind of went to a committee with running back. We saw. Philip Lindsay and Duke Johnson actually split carries. Miles Gaskins was the one left in the dust in that grouping last week against the Saints. Devontae Parker had no catches against Saints. Waddle, though, did have a big game. What are your thoughts on this one? Are you surprised that Tennessee is a home favorite?
1: No, I'm not surprised. I I think he's won
0: eight in a row now. Something
1: like that. Yeah. They're the first, I think they're the first team ever to lose seven straight at one point and then win seven straight at another point in the season, which is insane to me. But yeah, I mean, they've been hot, but I think the Titans are just, they're a good team. They're a good defense and in their own house, they should be favored. I mean, if you really think about it, three points is about as even as it gets. So Vegas is admitting that Miami has a chance here, but Eileen, Tennessee. Now, uh, do we know Julio Jones is definitively not playing? He's basically been playing like half the snaps. He's on, oh, so they put him on IR and he's done. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean,
0: and they're without, they're also without uh Westbrook Akine. Like they're without a bunch of secondary receivers, right? At least right now. I don't know if they're gonna come back or not.
1: Yeah, those guys weren't particularly appealing to me anyway. Like yeah, for me, a
0: Brown Show for sure.
1: Right. Yeah. In your championship, like like we were saying, if you have nobody, then start a Donta Foreman or somebody. Just know that. I mean. Jeremy McNichols ran, played more snaps, played more passes. He had seven carries to eleven for Foreman. He performed better. And Dontrelle Hilliard, they like using him too. I mean, Hilliard started oddly enough. He maybe they had a specific play drawn up for him, but he played the first play of the game. In that situation, I really don't love it. I just, I'm probably playing AJ Brown on the on the Dolphins side. It's not a good matchup for Mike Gesicki and Devontae Parker. He's kind of a fringe guy. I mean, you're playing, you're definitely playing Jalen Waddle. Are you interested in any of the running backs? For Miami. I mean, it's.
0: I got matchup against Tennessee, but no, I can't trust which one's going to get the football. So uh, mm. I'm going to out on that grouping.
1: Philip um, Lindsay, I mean, it's just like this is another team where you hate to see it. Like, 23-Lindsay yeah. 23... got all the early
0: carries, and then Duke Johnson came on there in like the second half or whatever.
1: Right. Anytime you see 23 snaps for Duke Johnson, 20 for Miles Sanders, and 19 for Philip Lindsay, I mean, that that split is brutal. It's like yeah. just. Divided into three pieces. It's just, yeah. it's awful.
0: Next matchup, Las Vegas versus Indianapolis here. The Raiders are getting six points on the road. However, no Carson Wentz for the Colts this week because he is hit COVID protocols. Darren Waller also today landing on the COVID protocols, not going to be eligible uh, to return in time for this matchup. You have two interesting things here. One, the Colts suck against tight ends. So you do have maybe Frost and Moreau here in a good sp- And then on the other side, the Raiders are bad against the run. And you have Jonathan Taylor without Carson Wentz throwing the football, so you got to think they're just going to be handing it off a ton. You know, that's probably where my my extent of interest comes on this team. I'm not sure if you like anybody else outside of me, Renfro. Yeah,
1: so now Carson Wentz, there's so the, I, there's a rumor now with the changes to COVID that Carson Wentz is actually now bad as a possibility as an outside chance with the.
0: though I thought that was only for vaccinated players.
1: So Are
0: you seeing, so you're seeing that he is back?
1: So it says the last I saw NFL informed clubs that unvaccinated players who tested positive for COVID-19 in recent days, including Carson Wentz, Darius Leonard and chargers, Mike Williams are now eligible to play Sunday provided that their symptoms have improved, which oh, really? to me, I swear. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Which I, I, yeah. That's what I mean. It's like, it sounds super dangerous. Um, it's, you know, completely unnecessary. And not only that, but it, it's really gets into the, it really gets into like a fairness issue, right? Because the Browns had to play with half a team lost to the Raiders, right? Without their top two quarterbacks, vaccinated players, right? And now all of a sudden these unvaccinated players are going to get to play. I mean, if anything, keep the policy in place now. And then for playoffs, say okay you know what these teams earned it they're in the playoffs now now moving forward to keep you know the game competitive and to totally not mess everything up now we'll use the new protocols putting it in place now is i feel just it's completely unfair to some of the teams that you know are now on the bubble that had to play without their quarterback so
0: uh, (laughs) yeah that that is uh, wild to me
1: right ridiculous (laughs) i that's why i pulled up the tweet right when we started this because i was like I don't even know if this is real or right, but I it, like now that I have a few of them up, it seems that's the case. So uh, he could potentially play. I it wasn't really starting Carson Wentz anywhere, but for me, it affects Michael Pittman. It affects the biggest one. I think that it affects is that there's uh, Jack Doyle is out. Him mm-hmm. and Mo Alley Cox were splitting the snaps right down the middle. It was almost identical to the situation with the Browns where Austin Hooper, David and Joku would split snaps and then Harrison Bryant would play a few. That's what the Colts have been doing. Jack Doyle, Moelli Cox splitting the snaps, and then Kylan Granson would play just a couple. Jack Doyle out. Moelle Cox played pretty much every snap last game. I mean, Doyle got hurt right at the beginning of the game, and if Carson Wentz is healthy, this is one of the best matchups for tight ends. The, the Las Vegas is a bottom three defense versus the tight end, so Moelle Cox goes from, in my rankings, not even in the top 30, I'm not even kidding, to now potentially being a fringe tight end one somewhere from 12 to 15 or so i mean yeah. it's a huge boost for him and a guy that's probably available on waivers in pretty much every league so
0: yeah that, that's a good one for sure the raiders are kind of we know where we're going here right you know renfro for sure zay jones has been picking up steam a little bit as well of late and then i mean i think this is a good matchup bro you're the tight end guy do you agree with me here
1: 100 it is i mean anytime waller's out he played 65 of 69 snaps the week before that he played 100 of the snaps and he only blocked on two pass plays. So anytime, last week was a terrible matchup for Moreau, and he did okay. I mean, the Broncos are one of the best teams versus the tight end. So against the Colts, who Dawson Knox had 100 yards, Hunter Henry had two touchdowns, Zach Ertz just had 13 targets. I mean, I'll start anybody against the Colts. So if Foster Moreau's in there, he's another one where, that's why I say, no re- there's no reason to start John Bates or Ricky Seals-Jones, because there's two guys right there that are probably available in 40, 30% of leagues. And uh, sorry, 60, 70 percent of the league. Yeah, sorry. And there's no reason to guess when you have these guys that are probably going to play the whole game.
0: Yeah, for sure. Kansas City, Cincinnati, the Bengals are five-point home underdogs, 51 game total here. Travis Kelsey activated off the COVID list today. Uh, we knew Tyreek was back last week. Tyreek Hill said he was very tired following his COVID stint. One of the reasons why he probably had a poor performance. Joe Burrow coming off a historic game against Baltimore. He really owns them this season, lit them up both times. But Kansas City's defense has actually improved a little bit over the second half of this season. How do you kind of go against the current form of Cincinnati though, especially when they're at home?
1: Yeah, this is interesting because yeah, just like you said, two teams that are improving at the right time, right? Kansas City's defense came out of nowhere. They were a team that was getting torched by the tight end. You'd run on them and now they're looking rock solid. But on the flip side, the Bengals offense, like everybody's healthy, knock on wood. They're using highly consolidated snaps. The three wide receivers, Uzoma, and then Mixon's been playing great. I mean, this is going to be a fun game, and it's got one of the highest over-unders. I think this is one of the ones that you look at all the other games out there, and these are two teams that are not heavily affected by COVID. They're not heavily affected by injuries, and they're both kind of hitting stride at the right time. The over-under is 50 points. This is the DFS, one one of the couple DFS slam games of the week, maybe the number one, right?
0: Yeah, I would think so. Uh, i think so for sure I mean, again I mean, and what we like is also just the consolidatedness of the offense like we know where the the ball is generally going t higgins has been, been an absolute monster kind of overtaken mm-hmm. chase now over the last four or five weeks we always know he's is liable for the big play tyler Boydson coming up with some big plays of late joe mixon's gonna get his carries and then i assume tyree kill's probably gonna be a little bit better this week so you have hill kelsey i guess could be a question mark here or coming off of covid how he'll perform but you know, it didn't really impact Patrick Mahomes at all. Byron Pingo scored touchdowns. Michael Harmon scored touchdown. It's just a running game here with C.E.H. getting hurt last week and, and Dar- Darrell Williams being the, the running back now.
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm with you there. I'm not. I'm probably not starting Tyler Boyd or C.J. Uzoma in many spots, but I'm definitely starting mix in Higgins and Burrow. Sure. I mean, there's only going to be a, like some of these games we talked about. There's nobody. I mean, the Patriots Jaguars game, we talked about maybe one guy, two guys that we'd potentially start in in actual leagues in this game. There's like six. Mm-hmm. So you just try and do your best to look at the over unders, look at the, the spreads and look and see what teams are going to be scoring points. I mean, this suggests that the chiefs should be scoring 28 points, something like that. Whereas the implied line for the Jaguars as a 15-point dog in a 40-point game is its absurd. It's like yeah. they're going to say sc- they're going to score, what, well, like 10 points? I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of crazy. You can't start any of those guys.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that one. All right, next matchup we got going on here. That's an ugly one. It's the Giants versus the Bears. Chicago's a six-point home favorite here. Just a 37-game total and yet another coach, Joe Judge, saying that Glennon and Fromm will likely see time in this game. If that's your plan, why not just play Fromm, what Glennon is? You have a mm. whole career worth of Mike Glennon to know that he is nothing more than a backup. Give Jake Fromm a go, right? Like, Let's just see what's there. But I don't like anything here. David Montgomery, of course, usable. Mooney's probably usable, and Comet's probably usable, but they're not like outside of Montgomery. It's not like oh man, gotta gotta start these guys right.
1: Yeah, I mean, what's going on with this game? Is it snow, wind? Like uh, the over under no. 37. I mean, they're bad. I mean, I'm looking at. It, I guess it is supposed to be windy on top of that, but I mean, it's yeah. 37 is arguably the lowest of the entire season so far that's pretty ugly man i think yeah i think you said it david montgomery i mean saquon barkley can you start him and can you he played left fewer snaps than Devontae booker so i don't even know if i could start him anywhere i think i might just shy away from all the giants and if you made it to the the reality is if you made it to the championship you made it because you weren't playing saquon barkley you know what i mean or your team is so good that they drag Saquon Barkley there. So I would just try and find somebody to get in the lineup instead of him and just rely on everyone else on your team.
0: Yep. I definitely, definitely hear you on that one as well. Enough talking about that awful matchup. We have now Atlanta. Buffalo's a 14 and a half point home favorite, a 44 game total here. I mean, it's going to be a route by Buffalo and this isn't, I mean, you if you have Kyle Pitts, like you're obviously playing Kyle Pitts, this isn't a situation where you likely have another tight end to start over him. But is this a good matchup in your eyes for Kyle? The thing about
1: this is that Matt Milano has been the guy that's been tough for tight ends, but he is good at covering the prototypical inline tight end, right? Like Milano's only he's like six foot two twenty. I'm not sure they're going to send him out to cover Kyle Pitts when he plays split end. There's no Trey White. So I don't think that Kyle Pitts gets affected by this matchup the way some of the other tight ends have. But even it's the same old song and dance with Kyle Pitts. Like you're going to get a bunch of targets. He's going to catch maybe half of them, and he's probably not going to score a touchdown. So in full PPR leagues, you roll him out in half PPR or standard, you If you have somebody else that's good, I mean, like if you have Dallas Goddard or Ertz or somebody, you definitely start them. But I mean, there's a chance that maybe you want to go away from them. I mean, the team is supposed to get crushed 14 and a half points. There's a lot of those on the schedule this week where it's like either just a terrible game all around or somebody's expected to destroy another team. And that's not even good for most of the guys on Buffalo either. Because when you think about what a Buffalo route looks like, it probably looks like multiple running backs having mediocre to good days not yeah. one it's not like going to be like a jonathan taylor Seale has
0: seems like the number one guy there so yes yeah so you yeah. start him, but like yeah. you
1: also at the same time it's not like, like if you're uh derrick henry or jonathan taylor there's a world where you get 25 carries and 175 yards and score three right. touchdowns when you are when you're a team that is willing to use multiple guys they're they're just never going to give Singletary 25 and give Zach Moss two and Matt of three. Like they're running all over him. Singletary will get 15, 18, and then Moss will get 10. So that's why for me, he just doesn't have a ceiling.
0: Yeah, for sure. Of like a uh, DFS
1: play. Like I, I think he's a good start in your regular leagues, but I'm thinking also in terms of a lot of people are, they're out and they're looking at DFS. That's why I say like the Bengals Chiefs, that's going to be a fairly even matchup, shootout back and forth all the way. This game, like, If you're looking for upside, you don't. Diggs probably doesn't have the upside that you think he might in a game like this.
0: I I agree with you. Next matchup on the card here, we have the Rams versus the Ravens. Saw Lamar Jackson was practicing today, so good chance he probably comes back for this game. Baltimore's getting three and a half points. As bad as we've seen Baltimore's secondary, you got to be worried about seeing the Rams come to town. But Stafford, Cup, OBJ, Van Jefferson. I know Stafford didn't have a great week. Cup still managed. Even with a bad Stafford week, Cup still managed 10 for like 105. So he, he still got you there. OBJ got a touchdown. You mentioned Henderson. Henderson is on IR. They did last week, to the surprise of everybody, designate Cam Akers to return. I could see a scenario where maybe he gets like three carries in this game as they're working him back into like just getting a regular play. The Tony Michelle is going to be your, your 20 carry back, I think, for this offense throughout the rest of the season at this point. But yeah, I mean, the Rams offense is, is going to be I think a machine in this matchup.
1: Yeah, I think this is like, this would have been such a good one if we had. Saturday games this week to flex to Saturday because now it's just another game within you know the one o'clock slate which is it's just uh, it would be nice to watch a couple of these games standalone you know what I mean not, not the Giants and Bears but like you know, the Chiefs or Bengals or this game instead they're all going to be at the same time which is kind of annoying but anyway like you said you this is a game where it should be competitive if you've been leaning on these guys you stick with them you start Mark Andrews you can't bench him I don't love the, the running backs for Baltimore I mean are you starting Hollywood or Rashad Bateman anywhere or I mean what are your thoughts uh, I mean, I think
0: if I think if if Lamar is that quarterback or even Huntley potentially quarterback, I get I could see Huntley. they're I mean, these guys are burners, right? Like, I know Ramsey's good, obviously, but like these guys are burners down the field. They can get open, I think, and, and get hit for a big play. And then obviously, Mark Andrews. I know that guy is just seemingly unstoppable. But mm, okay.
1: Yeah, I actually just found I found out recently why there's no Thursday or Saturday games this week. And it's because of the it wasn't within the contract that they signed originally because they added the extra game gotcha. and, uh, and the 2022 games are under contract with Amazon. So basically, it's like this game kind of fell into it fell between the cracks this week. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Kind of a shame there. Yeah, so I'm with you on that. This one's pretty easily analyzed. So let's hit up the next one.
0: Next matchup, we have Houston versus San Francisco. San Francisco is a 12 and a half point home favorite. Could have Trey Lance starting this week. Jimmy Garoppolo dealing with a tendon or ligament in his finger that also chipped off bone in his throwing hand. Can't imagine you're playing with that happening. That sounds pretty. Eli close. Mitchell was questionable and limited at practice today. I think I saw Houston pulling off the stunner last week at home against the Chargers. But I don't I don't know if they can if they can do that one again. So for me, this is an all day San Francisco affair.
1: Yeah, I mean we've seen this no, a number of times throughout the season, and Vegas is just not phased by these outlier games, right? Like Vegas is never scared to come back after a team wins a game, like a big game, like the Bills when they when the Jaguars beat the Bills, Vegas came back and had the Jaguars as like a 14 point dog that week too. So right. Vegas is they're not falling for it. This week, the uh, San Francisco's probably gonna crush them. To me. In terms of the gambling aspect of it, I don't think the quarterback has much of an effect because I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is a a ground shaker. But I think the way they move the ball changes now. And I'm a little concerned for George Kittle, and I'm a lot concerned for a guy like Brandon Ayuk that is the guy that goes downfield. Because we haven't seen enough of Trey Lance, but in general, I don't really trust rookie QBs to move the ball downfield. At the same time, though, mobile QBs don't like to dump the ball down. So it's got to you'd really just rather Jimmy G in there so we can stick with what we expect typically. But for me, if I have George Kittle, I'm starting him. You can't go away from him. Debo Samuel. You can't go away from him. Trey Lance, maybe a DFS stab, but you, can, you can't you can trust him there. Are you trusting any of these? Uh, are you going Jeff Wilson anywhere? What are you, what are you thinking with the- I mean, um, I would play
0: whoever against? the starting running back is, assuming if it's like Eli Mitchell, like I would trust that Eli's going to get the carries. if he's good to go. If it's Wilson, would be fine playing him. I mean, you want to run the ball- Against Houston, that's kind of that's we saw Justin Jackson light them up. That's been the recipe of success against them this season. Yeah, I'd be fine. I'd be fine going either the running backs there for sure.
1: Yeah, I guess Mitchell did return to practice today, so I think I'm with you on that. That Mitchell's been the guy. It's been his job, and if he's practicing on Wednesday, that's a good sign that he's going to be good to go this week. So I think I would lean Mitchell over over Jeff Wilson. So uh, make that move if you can.
0: For sure. All right, next matchup here we have Denver versus the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers are a six and a half point home favorite. If any of you have watched Howard Bender and Craig Misch on their uh, prize picks uh, live stream or their Rager Alarm live stream back in the day, uh, they will tell you that the Chargers as a home favorite is historically a horrible bet. Uh, this year, they're three and five against the spread at home. They're three and seven in their last 10 against the spread. They're just four and four overall at home. So none of these numbers are adding up to be in favor of the Chargers here. On the other side, however, though, they got Drew Locke. Who's not a good quarterback. And last week, in a confusing game plan strategy, going up against the Raiders, who are bad against tight ends and can't stop the run, they didn't run and they didn't throw to the tight end. So Denver ended up losing that game in a the game they probably should have. But the Chargers are the worst or second to worst. Let's check the updated DVOA on this. They are back to being the worst after Rex Burkhead torched them for like 125 yards last week against a run. So. If you're playing Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, it should be wheels up for you this week against the Chargers.
1: Yeah, dude, I'm totally with you. When I first saw this line, I was like, what? Like how the Chargers are favored. uh, The Broncos have been pretty decent. But then, like you said, the Chargers have also uh, the Broncos have been so confusing. Like, how do you complete 70 percent of your passes in a matchup like that, but only throw it 20 times? If you're completing the passes, just throw it. You know what I mean? It, it seems crazy to me, especially with how inefficient the running backs were. I think some of these coordinators need to figure out how to pivot from their game, the original game plan. Like if your plan was just to run at the whole game and that's not working, gotta switch it up or you're just going to mm-hmm. lose like that. So I don't know if Vegas is usually pretty sharp. It's just, I, I would bet Denver on this one if I was a gambling man, but you know, for me, I'm starting, I'm starting the Broncos running backs, either one, if I have them and then probably Trying not to start anybody else. I mean, no, it's a good matchup for Noah Fant, but he's just been such a low upside player. It's, yeah, I just don't see, again, it's one of those things like we talk about it with the running backs before that I could see him certainly having six, six targets, maybe even eight in a game, but it would surprise me to see him have a 10 plus target game, whereas, Kyle Pitts, Mike Gusecki, guys like that. It doesn't surprise you at all when that happens. So that's what we talk about with the ceiling and the floor. And in the championship week, you're, you're playing probably the other team in the league. That's one of the best, if not the best. So you need that ceiling. So it does concern me a little bit. On the Chargers side, we like Keenan Allen, obviously. Apparently, Mike Williams is going to have a chance to play, even though he's unvaccinated and just tested positive for COVID. So all that stuff goes out the window. It's We'll have to play it by ear. It's going to make this week very difficult. The Chargers do have a number of guys on COVID, including Jalen Guyton. So an interesting DFS play, if Williams and Guyton can't play, would be Josh Palmer again. But beyond that, I'm not really super interested in anybody. You can't start Jared Cook against Justin Simmons and the Broncos. They're one of the best teams versus the tight end. So, you know, and then is, is, I'm not sure if you mentioned, John, but is Austin Eckler going to play? Is he back?
0: I believe, yeah, he's back, yep.
1: Yep. So, you get him in there, obviously. But yeah, I mean, it'll be an interesting one. Now, I think a lot of it is going to depend on what happens with these protocols and stuff, because if the Chargers can apparently just get all these guys back, then mm-hmm. maybe the spread is justified.
0: For sure. All right. Next matchup that we got going on, we have Carolina versus New Orleans got word today that Taysom Hill is off for the Saints. So, he'll be ready for this one. Uh, I think Darnold is going to play for Carolina if I read something correctly, or they're going to go still split, but he's expected to see the majority. I I, don't, I believe I read something like that. Either way, you're not really playing anybody in Carolina outside of, I guess, DJ Moore. I know you've been talking a lot of DJ Hmm. Moore. He keeps on getting the targets. You're not going to not play him in your championship. On the Saints side, I guess it's good that Taysom Hill's back. I mean, outside of Kamara, I don't really love any of the other options for them.
1: Yeah, not really. I mean, it's just... It's crazy. I don't I can't remember a time really ever where a team came out before a game and said we're gonna start multiple quarterbacks. And this week there's like four teams doing it. I know it's a copycat league, but usually you copycat the stuff that works, not the weird stuff. So sure. that's very strange. I mean, maybe hey, ever since the Cardinals took quarterbacks in the first round and back to back years, everyone's like, Hey, just it's a quarterback room now. I don't know, but it's not good for fantasy. What I will say about this game. Is that I'm, I'm not interested really for this week, but I'm interested in, in trying to acquire guys like DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Terrence Marshall, I don't know so much because he was a Joe Brady guy. Joe Brady got fired, but these guys are clearly getting targets. They're clearly favored. They're under contract for a while. If the target, if the passes were just a little bit better then these guys would be doing a lot better, right? DJ Moore has shown that he's very good. And I think that these guys are all of a sudden a lot more affordable in your dynasty league, assuming whoever has them is is the impatient type. So I, I would pop in and throw some offers out for those guys just in the off season or even now if you're out, because I think those guys have potential to do a lot better than what we've seen.
0: You know? mm-hmm. Definitely, I agree with you. Next matchup here, if we're taking a look, Uh, Down the line, we got Arizona versus Dallas. Should be a good one. Dallas coming off a big home trumping there of Washington. Uh, Everybody looked great. Uh, Zeke said he's close to 100% and he still doesn't really look it, but he said it. But uh, Dallas, five and a half point favorites, a 51 and a half game total here. How are you feeling about this Arizona side uh, of the matchup after they lost to the Colts last week?
1: I mean, first and foremost, I'm just happy this game's at 425. You know what I mean? Because if this game was at one o'clock as well, then I'd be writing letters here to whoever makes the schedule. So at least this game's at four. There's a bunch of games at four this week because the schedule is so packed on Sunday. At least we'll be able to watch this whole game. Rather, we're not going to watch the Carolina game or the... Lions game. So this is going to be a fun one. Hopefully it'll be on your TV where you are. I'm definitely starting. A guy I'm definitely starting is Zacher. Wherever I have, I think this game, he's on a similar, very similar spot as a guy like Dallas Goddard, but he's got a better quarterback. This game has more shootout potential. So you're kind of giving yourself an advantage there. Uh, I think he's pretty close to being a top five tight end for the week. On the other side, Dalton Schultz. If I can avoid starting him, I absolutely am. The problem here, we've talked about it all year long. Isaiah Simmons is... He's basically a cornerback that plays linebacker. He, well, There's clips of him running toe-to-toe with Aaron's guys like that. The only question is whether they want to use Isaiah Simmons on Schultz or whether they're going to put him on somebody else like Lamb or, you know, Zeke. Like, he's that good where he can cover Lamb. He will cover Lamb for snaps. I mean, he, the snaps where he covered Amon Ross St. Brown when they played, I don't think Amon Ross St. Brown had a single catch. It was just they were moving him around. But Schultz is kind of in a tough spot. Beyond that, I'm starting any one of the Cowboys wide receivers where I have them, I'm starting Zeke and I'm starting Dak John with these Cardinals wide receivers. If you were going to rank them in order of how much you trust them, not upside, but how much you trust them to go into your championship lineup and not give you a zero, which guys are going to be at the top of that list? you think
0: Do tight ends count or just wide receivers?
1: Uh yeah. You could throw tight ends in there too.
0: Right, well, I'll go Ertz Number one. Uh, I would go Kirk. Number two, green. Number three.
1: That's where I'm at. And honestly, you can't trust anybody else. Antoine Wesley is, it seems like they do the system that a number of teams do. I know the Cowboys do this. Not every wide receiver even learns the other roles in the playbook, right? So when DeAndre Hopkins is out, it seems that Antoine Wesley was his kind of direct understudy there and knew his role. And he's getting that role now where you know, guys like Rondell Moore and Andy, they just, they never learned those that part of the playbook. So Antoine Wesley gets those snaps and you can't start Antoine Wesley anywhere. So all those other guys, I feel like you just got to let them go.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. All right. Next matchup, Detroit ugliness for Detroit. I guess we'll wait. Do you have a uh, swift news available to you at all? Uh, any access to? I have news? not.
1: He didn't practice today. Uh, okay.
0: So Jamal Williams did get a, a, a good workload last week. Something he would likely be in line for again here. I'm in mean, a good matchup against Seattle on the flip side. Rashad Penny balled out again, and he should here against detroit very bad run deep something you could definitely take a target to
1: oh um, wait Metcalf. a second sorry yeah. swift did practice today right, <laughs> sorry about that hey, I, i've been sick man i I'm, yeah. I'm groggy today i my brain's all filled with Devonta foreman's and devonta freeman's and dontrell hilliard's dude but, True. yeah so swift did practice today i had the wrong I had the wrong info there so he's out there
0: if swift plays you go that direction definitely playing richard penny Playing Armont St. Brown, it doesn't matter if I'm out there throwing quarterback, apparently. Uh, he's going to give double-digit double double targets and you know, have a top-one wide receiver-type performances. Uh, he is safe to play. That's probably it on the Detroit side of things for me, though. Uh, Seattle, sure. we had Metcalf had that touchdown catch last week. That's pretty much all he did. It wasn't great weather, though. Kind of a snowball game there against Chicago. I still think Penny and Lockett are safe, and Metcalf's your dark throw. But again, you're not sitting these guys in your championship week anyways. I just think you should temper the expectations on them.
1: Yep. And I think that beyond those guys, the only one you even think about is Gerald Everett. It's not a bad matchup for him. He's been getting consistent targets. He's another one of those guys that doesn't have a great ceiling. But, you know, he just falls into that same category of why get crazy and and start either of the Washington tight ends or even for me, like, I don't even know if I would trust. Mo'Ally Cox to do a role that we haven't really seen him do rather when I could just go with a Gerald Everett if he's out there. I mean, he's probably owned at this point and he's, you know, probably been deployed by somebody. But if you just need someone that is probably going to catch either four or five passes and have 50 or so yards, like that guy's locked in for that. And in this matchup, he actually does have a little more upside than he typically would. So not terrible, but I mean, not, you're not starting him at a DFS tournament play because he, again, he's not a guy that where you could say oh wow gerald ever got 12 targets like it's just it's probably not gonna happen
0: yep that's fair all right next matchup we're looking at minnesota green bay eight o'clock sunday night football uh great rivalry here between these two teams of course historically green bay and minnesota and two teams that we love too right because we kind of just know where the football is going adam Thielen had surgery today so he is going to be out insert kj osborne back into your top group there dalvin cook activated from the COVID list so he'll be back practicing and ready to go for this game as well Justin Jefferson obviously strong play and then on the flip side you got Devontae Adams and then you have the Aaron jones Dylan conundrum there
1: yeah I mean Aaron Jones has been getting at least in the last two games he's gotten more snaps in both the pass and the run game which makes me feel a little bit better it's not the full-on type split that you would that you see with some of these other teams where one guy gets more run work, one guy gets more pass work. So I am starting Aaron Jones and finding a way to get him in there. You're starting Devontae Adams. And Alan Lazard was a guy that he was already kind of low upside last week. He scored a touchdown, luckily, if you put him in there. But now uh, Marquez Valdez scaling is activated again. You take your life in your hands starting either one of those guys. So I'm not really that interested in anybody outside of Adams as far as pass catchers for the Packers.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I mean, if MBS is good to go out, actually, I would actually consider him. Uh, yeah, he he was pretty good before that COVID thing that got him. Right. So,
1: And and he's also a high A-dot player that has yeah. at, at times, there there are times where he's gotten double digit targets. So he is one of those guys that has that upside that we talk about where it's possible, but yeah. I he's more of a DFS play to me.
0: And then finish this week off here, uh, Cleveland versus Pittsburgh sealers three-point home underdogs 41 game total here I, again i don't love it i don't really love this matchup it's gonna be a very boring I think monday night football game unless you're a fan of either of these two teams who are still miraculously somehow in playoff contention so what are your thoughts here
1: yeah i mean these games are always it's so weird that some of these teams can have completely different players on them for the most part it's like the Steelers it's like Big Ben is the only guy that's been there for a, a long period of time yet these AFC North matchups are always these just gritty low over under games it's funny how that div- that translates from one decade to the next it's like it's been like that as for as long as i can remember do you remember these games being like anything other than this john like it's just always the same thing i feel like with these matchups
0: yeah, just grind them out type uh, matchups the, the only difference here is that the Steelers' run defense sucks this year. So Nick right. Chubb can get 20 carries and just break this team.
1: Yeah, well, you're definitely starting Chubb. It's, I guess you start Jarvis Landry in full PPR if you need somebody. But as, like we talked about with Mo Alley Cox and Jack Doyle, when both Njoku and Hooper are playing, it makes it so you can't start either, either of them. If the team throws 40 times, they're each going to run 20 routes, it crushes their ceiling. So I'm really just interested in Chubb. Of off the uh, off the Browns off the Steelers, definitely starting Najee Harris. He plays every single snap. Starting Deontay Johnson. Pat Fryermuth is he's always been a fairly touchdown dependent play, but he falls in that category with that group of guys that I'm I'm not starting somebody risky if I have him because he's gonna catch a couple of passes and he might score and that's kind of what tight end is these days. Yeah, I don't know about you, but he's in there for me. Now where it starts getting questionable. Is the Chase Claypool area there? I know we've seen him bench before, but last week he had a good game. What do you think, John? You chase Claypool or no?
0: I mean, probably as like a flex wide receiver three, just because he could potentially make a big play. And if it's not great, right? But he had some success at times earlier this year making big plays. So if he's out of the doghouse and there's some opportunity for him to be effective.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. I mean, it's, it's just, it's always scary anytime you have a guy that could potentially get benched. But for me, I'm in. So I'll start him if, if I'm looking at a bunch of guys that are just like mediocre players in general. So uh, yeah. I'm on board with him.
0: I agree with you. All right, Coop. So that wraps up our look here at week 17, which brings us to everybody's favorite segment of the week. Your lifestyle tip of the week, Coop. So give it to the people. What do we got?
1: I got a So I got a good one this week. I'm actually I'm going on vacation, which I haven't done in a long time. But once fantasy football ends here, you get a little chance. And this is something that I've been doing for a couple of years now. And I find that it's absolutely clutch and it changes the way you look at vacation. What I do is before I go somewhere, usually I ask people on Twitter, but I also will go on like Reddit. I'll go on like Yelp and I'll make a huge list of all the good restaurant bars, things like that, you know, different sightseeing things. Right. And I don't make an itinerary of, okay, I'm going to definitely do this, definitely do that. I mean, to a certain degree, I do. What I do is I go on Google Maps and just start adding them into a custom map, just everything, like this sightseeing thing, this little bar, this little breakfast restaurant, that thing. And then when I'm out there, you pull up the map, and when you say, okay, today we're definitely going to go skiing, right? Say it's Denver or something, which is actually where we're going. Say, I'm definitely going to go skiing. You go skiing, you get done, you pull up your little map, and you say, oh, hey this brewery that's supposed to be good is right around the corner or this bar is right around the corner. So you got your big things on the itinerary, but you also have these little things where you're like, you go, okay, today we're going to go to this brewery. And then you look at it and say, oh, hey, this monument or this park is right here that you might not have done this big elaborate plan, but you got this like custom map of things that were recommended either by people by Reddit, by Twitter, whatever. That's something that I've been doing in recent years. It has been a game changer for vacations for me it's like a structured but non-structured way to kind of see a bunch of cool stuff and you don't have to go all over the place driving around going out of your way because you just kind of pull up the map that's my move john i don't know if you have any other vacation tips for people i know you're a uh, vegas master as of late so maybe something along those lines (laughs) Uh, uh... i
0: I definitely do enjoy going to vegas yeah i guess i can say one thing now obviously uh, vegas is what you want to make it generally you go and you go to the strip and you stay at the, the hotels you do all the gambling you do all the casinos but lately what i've been going with my <clears> fiance we've been going a little bit outside of the strip uh, we've been traveling we've done trips to the hoover dam we drove to the grand canyon this past trip we actually went out to uh red rock and did like a 13 mile driving canyon tour which was pretty cool now, if you ever want to kind of break away there's actually some pretty cool like nature things just right outside all the glitz and the glam Uh, of the strips it's not too bad they do tours if you want we rented a car for a day you know it's it's, uh, definitely something to break up kind of the every the the life that is the las vegas nightlife so uh, if you're into that i suggest you do it if you're not nothing wrong with staying in the casinos and stay at the tables i'll tell you that much either so uh that's right Coop.
1: i'm with you on that i feel like there's a couple places vegas being one and new orleans being another that like you need to do two trips one, that's like a bachelorette or bachelor party where you go and just do all the crazy stuff, right? And then you do another trip where you go out there and you do all the other things, right? Like you know, like like you just said, Red Rocks, you go and see some shows, you know what I mean? Like the shows in Vegas are crazy. Or when you go to New Orleans, go check out some music, go see the world war one museum that's down there like there's a number i think it's the world war ii museum that's down there so it's like that's a double trip place for me a a jekyll and hyde place because i feel like so many people when they do like their bachelor party trip or their bachelorette trip they just do all the crazy stuff and there's so much more to a place like las vegas than that like you just said so uh, you know put all the things in your special map on your phone man because that's the life hack really that's the trick
0: Really is. I agree with you there. So that wraps up our look here at week 17. Good luck to everybody in their championship. Coop and I will be back next week, and we'll maybe we'll preview some playoffs over the NFL as well. So I'll catch you all later.